Welcome to I Can't Believe I'm Vegan, where we talk about tips and tricks to maintaining an easy vegan lifestyle. In this podcast, I'll be offering my secret ingredients to cook up your own recipe towards a plant-based lifestyle. Let's eliminate the struggle when it comes to consistency. Judgment-free over here. We will turn that shame into finding the joy of living your life without feeling like you're missing anything. I'm your host, Kara Pitts, also co-owner of Southern Roots Vegan Bakery. Welcome to the show. Hey y'all, welcome to our first episode. I'm very excited to get into I Can't Believe I'm Vegan. I do want to say up front, very nervous recording this first episode. I don't know why, just that first episode jitters, I guess, so bear with me and let's get started. I figured this episode will be a introduction into me, um, letting you know a little bit about my background how we got on this vegan journey, how I've handled this vegan journey. So start off, I am born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Um, if you've ever been to Texas, you know that Texas is barbecue central and a lot of Mexican food. So, you know, we're eating barbecue chicken, ribs, burgers, uh, queso, like cheese is a staple with like every meal. Also, I'm a very picky eater, so when someone used to ask me, like, what do I like to eat, my go-to was always, no joke, I eat, like, a toddler's birthday party, so it would be pizza, um, chicken nuggets, fries, mac and cheese, like, plain Jane, that was my go-to of eating, even, um, at one of our jobs, Uh, My coworkers used to call me double starch because I did not like to eat vegetables. And so, like, when we would go eat at lunch, I would get, like, double French fries or French fries and mac and cheese as my sides. Like, I legit did not eat vegetables like that. So, needless to say, on this journey that we're on, literally, and everybody that knows me, when they're like, y'all are vegan? You have a vegan bakery? Kara, are you vegan? So I had a lot of shame and a lot of go with that. So I figured the best way is to let you guys learn from my mistakes and go on this journey together and build a community. I think also in the vegan world, there's kind of a stigma sometimes if people get into it either for health reasons or they just kind of want to change the way they're eating. They feel kind of shame or judgment when you're around either friends or family members and for whatever reason when you decide to do something different everyone that you're kind of close to I don't know if they think that you might be judging them if they're not doing uh, the change that you are so it makes like an awkward conversation and just encounter with people so for me it used to always be kind of just weird and awkward when we would go out with people so I figured that I'm not the only person that this has happened to, and you shouldn't have to feel bad if you slip up or feel like you're on an interview or you're being interrogated each time, like if you if you do mess up. So I just want to be that resource and that like friend if you are wanting to go vegan, but you don't know how or you don't think that you can do it and everybody's telling you, you know, oh, I can never do that or I wouldn't do that or why would you do that just you know I'm here <laughs> let's be friends and <laughs> let's let's do this together I I want to be your guide like your your navigation 
I've always been a sponge for knowledge and I didn't even realize it. Um, one thing about me too is I'm very introverted. Um, I'm very sarcastic. So people, I guess kind of my tone, sometimes people think that I could be rude, but it's like, no, it's just, I'm just kind of sarcastic and very introverted. Like I much rather stay home, watch TV, um, you know, hang out with my family, my husband and and I've been very blessed to be married into a family that I really like as well. So they make it really easy to just hang out and chill with them. Um, but I used to always love watching documentaries. So I don't remember if it came out when I was in middle or high school. But the first documentary that I kind of that sticks out for me of that really got me on the, the path to watching docs was Super Size Me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that one, but that is about this guy named Morgan. He was tasked with eating McDonald's for every meal of for every day for like 30 days definitely watch it it was really eye-opening for me just to see kind of what all that fast food does to your body I never really ate at McDonald's previously um like I said in the beginning I'm a very picky eater and I remember when I was younger like the the nuggets I'm also a peculiar eater too so I used to like tear open my nuggets and mcdonald's for whatever reason their nuggets were like gray so it wasn't ever my my place of choice to go to but that documentary was just really eye-opening from what that did to his body and just the after effects and how fast food can make you just very lethargic from then i watched he had other documentaries i can't remember what the other one was called but it was on like product placement so that was really interesting to me. So now, like, that's something that sticks with me, too, when I watch TV shows and stuff, just to see how media and stuff, you know, you can obviously see, like, if an actor in a movie is, like, drinking a can of Coke or something, but it's, like, turned to the camera. You can see, like, oh, that's product placement. So his documentaries are great. From that, it got me into Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, which introduced me to juicing, which that was a blessing in disguise because... I wasn't really eating fruits and vegetables like that, so it got me into juicing. And I used to work at a department store, so I used to shop all the time with that employee discount. That was something that was super beneficial, <laughs> working in a department store. Um, so that's when I got my first juicer, and I used to juice everything from carrots, apples, celery, and just make a bunch of different concoctions. But juicing for me, it was just very time-consuming, and... The cleanup was annoying, so it was something I didn't really do consistently, to be honest with you. So in late 2017, I had been hearing about this documentary called What the Health that was on Netflix. I added it to my watch list, but I just, for whatever reason, had never clicked it to watch it. One night, um, my husband, fiance at the time, uh, it was Friday night, we were deciding what we were going to watch. And then something told me like, oh, there was this documentary I wanted to watch. What the hell? Uh, you want to watch it? And it must have been God's plan all along for us to watch this documentary. And it changed the trajectory of our lives. But he said yes, which not to say like he didn't want to watch documentaries and stuff with me, but definitely not on a Friday night when we were like clearly planning to watch a movie. But we watched it. Um, I won't go into all the details of the documentary. Definitely want you to make your own conclusions about about the topic. But it was about how, you know, eating a vegan diet can change, you know, if you have any medical conditions or just kind of reverse effects that you're feeling 
and then just the pharmaceutical and dairy and meat industry in itself. So for Marcus, once he saw it, he was like, oh yeah, I'm done. Like, that's it. No more meat, no more any of that. Which was really shocking to me because since the day I had met Marcus, he ate chicken at least twice a day, every day. And I'm pretty sure he had just finished the plate of chicken before we watched this documentary. But something I love about my husband is he is very strong-willed, and when he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. So he is able to go cold turkey. Literally, he stopped that day, and he's been vegan ever since. The only time would be, like, if he accidentally ate something that someone told him was vegan or they didn't use something, and then after the fact, they're like, oh, you can eat so-and-so, right? And then you're just kind of like, no. But that's also something that we'll talk about in later episodes because that will definitely happen to you. So, again, this is all about the mistakes that I've made and we've seen so you don't have to have these issues. So good, you won't believe it's vegan. That's what one of our first customers ever said to us when he tried our desserts when we launched at a farmer's market. And it stuck with us. You don't want to give up your sweet tooth? Who said you had to? Head over to southernrootsvegan.com where we specialize in recreating southern classics with a plant-based twist. We ship nationwide a variety of your favorite baked goods. Donuts, cookies, cakes, and they're all Tabitha Brown approved. Use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your first order. That's southernrootsvegan.com. Now back to the show. Um, For me, I... I'm not able to just do something like at the drop of a hat. I wish I could. It's something I'm working on. But again, this is spilling all my tea. So basically, when my journey to veganism is I kind of did it in stages. So at first I cut out red meat. Then I added um, no chicken, the no seafood. And then dairy was the last thing for me. So I didn't really eat much meat previously. Like I said, I was still very picky eater, ate like a toddler. So I would mean I ate pizza and chicken nuggets sometimes, but my diet was really cheese heavy. Like I said before, San Antonio was like queso capital. So I didn't realize how much dairy I was consuming in a day. When you really think about it, even if you eat like oatmeal, you might put butter in that or you make it with milk. Or if you do like bake, like Marcus's go-to breakfast used to be bacon, toast, and eggs. So, you know, you might have cheese eggs. So that's dairy once again. For lunch, I used to always make uh, pasta, like buttered pasta with salt and Parmesan cheese. So that's another two servings of dairy. And then for dinner, you know, you might have something that has cheese in it. I used to be very simple for dinner. I might make like a quesadilla or um, pizza again. So that's more dairy. And then say for dinner or after dinner, you eat like dessert. So that's dairy and eggs again. So you just don't realize until you really start looking at it, how much dairy is in everything and how much you're really consuming. I definitely knew like I was lactose intolerant, but my parents were both in the healthcare field. So early on, I always knew about lactate pills. So that was always something, you know, you just have with you, like in your pocket or in your purse, like you have a a lactate tablet. So you knew like before you eat this stuff, you know, I need to take something or, you know, it's going to be trouble later on. But it's just kind of those things that get ingrained in you and you don't really think about like 
well I don't even have to take this pill before I eat this like my stomach's not supposed to hurt for this because this wasn't meant for us this was for cows like this is their nourishment so dairy for me was the last piece of the puzzle that I needed to cut out and it it was a journey of finding different cheese replacements and milk replacements milk it wasn't that difficult because I didn't I never was the milk person I was actually just talking to someone um recently we were talking about like those got milk ads and how much milk you actually drink as a child and in school it's kind of crazy that you're drinking milk with like every meal like why is that like why are we drinking so much milk and then you realize you know where the funding comes from and and stuff like that but milk was pretty easy for me to give up I switched to almond milk at first and I didn't I didn't really care for that one then I switched to soy milk and now I'm really on um, an oat milk kick I feel like oat milk is the best milk for cereal so if you're ever looking to replace your milk I suggest starting with oat milk and if you can get the extra creamy one do that one because it's legit in your cereal it's super good also another thing about me is I've loved baking I have been baking since I was little. If you've ever seen um, seen or read one of our interviews that we've done, I always say that I've been baking since my Easy Bake Oven days when you have the little light bulb in the oven baking cookies and stuff. So I was the go-to baker. When my family would come down for family reunions, I was in the kitchen. My grandma says switching in the kitchen. I was the one making the pies, making cookies, cakes, you name it, I was making it. Um, I started like with a box cake and then, you know, figuring out my own recipes. I took culinary arts in high school. Um, that was a class that I'm glad I took it, but my teacher didn't know how to, how to bake. So I never, I didn't really follow her recipes from then. I knew, I knew I had to make my own path. So I always made my own recipes and, you know, just figured it out, played around with different things, gave them to friends and family. Even when I used to work at the department store, um, I used to always bring like cupcakes and cookies and stuff for people. And that was kind of, I was kind of known for that. So it's not unrealistic that I own a bakery now, but it's funny looking back on it, how often I was baking and bringing stuff for people and why I never thought like, maybe I should start a business and sell these. But who knew? I think it was in the plans that when it happened, it was going to be a vegan bakery and it was really going to help people, you know, on that transition. So I think everything happens for a reason. So in this time that we watched the documentary, Marcus is fully vegan. I'm still cutting stuff out and just kind of figuring out different things that I like and other replacements. Something I found early on was a the Boca chicken patties, those reminded me of like those Tyson frozen chicken patties. So I think if you like that, definitely, you know, try to find those in the freezer section of the grocery store you go to. That's a real quick, easy meal that can help you just starting out because it is a journey for some people. But in this time, Marcus is working at a health insurance company. Um, that's actually where we met. We both worked in the healthcare field. I started as a contractor. Um, at this particular place and after training they set you with someone that can show you the ropes and you know trains you and shows you kind of what the day-to-day -day would be of the job and ironically they set me with Marcus so that's how we met during this time now in 2017 I had already left that job because um, I became a full-time caregiver for my grandmother at the time she was 
96. So she was in a nursing home um, in San Antonio. She had a stroke and she had some mild deficits after that. So she had been in a nursing home for maybe maybe two years. But we noticed she was kind of declining. She stopped coming out, hanging out with her friends in the like community center and going to the different activities. And she wasn't really eating the food. So my mom and I, we really talked it over. And my mom was going to be able to bring her back to her house, but she was going to need help. So thankfully, you know, we found a lot of different programs and I was able to leave my job and become her caregiver, a uh, full-time a paid caregiver. Definitely was a drastic cut in pay, but, you know, my grandmother's life was, was worth that. And I'm, I'm so glad and so blessed and thankful that my husband was super supportive because we were newly engaged. And that was a big change for our future because, you know, we, we both had two incomes and I had to drastically change mine, but we knew it was for a bigger purpose. And I mean, looking at it now, I mean, it all makes sense of how, how things happen. But anyway, we ended up bringing my grandmother home to my mom's house. And in that time, I had told my mom about the documentary. I had her watch it. So she was down to go on this journey with me. And since I was my grandmother's caregiver and I was in charge of making her meals, I asked her, I was like, hey, grandma, she's from the South. I'm like, what do you think about switching up our diets and we can switch to no meat? Um, she kind of was like, what? No, I always need my meat, like, in my, my meals. Like, she's one of those, like, if she didn't have a meat and, like, two sides, she's like, what did you give me? Nothing? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? But she was down. She was like, if y'all are going to do it, let's do it. So they were really my first taste tester. So I started with them just with the desserts. So I knew, like, if I can make the stuff that we were already eating sweet-wise into a plant-based version, we're good to go. So I started with cookies. I couldn't really get the cookie how I wanted to um, using different agro placers and stuff, but so I ended up putting paws on my cookies and I went to cake donuts. And I knew if I could make a red velvet cake donut that was still super moist and bomb, it was gonna be game over. <laughs> so it took some trial and error, but then I finally had a recipe created that I was like, I think this is a winner. <laughs> I gave it to my grandma and she was saying how good it was. And then I was like, and it doesn't have any eggs or milk. And she's like, what? My mom couldn't believe it. So then we um, started taking it to church and we were in a business ministry. Um, we were part of a direct sales company and we wanted to be plugged around like-minded people. So we joined the business ministry in our church. So we used to always bring them stuff that we were like testing out. Even I think I think we even were bringing stuff before we went vegan. And then when we did, they were like some of our first testers, too. And they couldn't believe it, how good they were. So then um, me and Marcus were both in part of the children's ministry. So before, like during check-in, when the parents would register their kids, we used to just have like desserts and stuff out there, the, the donuts, the vegan donuts. And people were just shocked and couldn't believe that they were vegan. So around that time, Marcus was also taking them to his coworkers at the job and they really liked them. And um, then our business ministry was like, you guys should start a business. Like, you guys should sell these. And then we kind of were like, what? Maybe. Like, I guess so. 
So we just kind of started sharing, uh, sharing them with friends and family and they would buy, they would buy them. Um, and then we would also like sell them before the church ministry and just, you know, proceeds would go right back to the church. And then in June of 2018, Marcus called me one day and he used to call me all the time on his breaks and his lunches. And then he was like, Hey, I have something to tell you. And he basically was telling me that the health insurance company that I worked for they were laying off the entire department and literally they were laying them off right then. They were like, you, you know, it's, it's a wrap <laughs> basically like just get your stuff. Like you're going to have a severance. And so that was kind of shocking. Cause like I told you guys earlier, um, I had already left that job to take care of my grandma. So that was going to be another shock to our, our household. And looking back on it, you know, that's also another, pivotal moment that I'm so glad that I did um, become my grandmother's caregiver because we both worked at that company. So that would have been both of us. Um, So then we were like, okay, like, what are we, what are we going to do? And so we actually had started looking into real estate and wholesaling. So we were thinking like, maybe Marcus will go get his real estate license and we'll try to do wholesaling. And we did actually start like taking some classes and kind of toe dipping into that field. And then at one of our church ministries business meetings, we actually all had met up for breakfast and we were telling them, you know, at this time also we had already named our company. So our company's name was Southern Roots. Um, we were just feeling very, very small, like really just to friends and family. And we had told them, you know, basically Marcus got laid off from his job. We're down to one income now we are going to pause Southern Roots and we're going to just dive into real estate. And they were like, absolutely not. You guys have a winner. Like those donuts, like y'all need to kick that into gear and get serious about that. And they told us about the small business hub in our city. It was called Launch SA. And they were like, you need to go there, go talk to them, let them know, you know, what you have going on. So we did, we went downtown, we met with them, and no joke, they were taking applications for a culinary accelerator called Breakfast and Lunch, get it? Breakfast and Lunch, it was a really cute play on words. It was a 10-week accelerator course um, that was coming up literally like the next month, and it was a perfect time if we were serious, it would give us all the steps and, you know, different mentors and sanitation, health inspector, how to get your permit, uh, how to get all your licenses. And we were like, oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, thank you, God. So we signed up. um, We were accepted into this program. And I'm telling you guys, it it was just such a blessing that, you know, they really pushed us to go there. Because I think everything happens for a reason. And at the time that we went there, because that culinary accelerator course, guys, it was three times a week in person, two hours each class. So it was six hours a week and it was in the middle of the day. So if Marcus was still working, we wouldn't have been able to take that class because I was with my grandmother. He would he was working 40 hours a week, you know, eight to five. So there there would have been no way. So we signed up. We got accepted. Uh, my mom worked with me that I was able to either, you know, come after classes or change my hours around with my grandma and she was able to, you know, take over for that. So just having a blessed unit and blessed support system really helped us in those early stages. 
And I'll never forget um, one of the classes that we were in. It was like a marketing class and the mentors were asking us about our product. And uh, we were learning about branding and logos because <laughs> in the beginning too, our logo had a carrot in it. Um, so if if you're an OG Southern Roots fan, you know, <laughs> you know our original logo. But it was so confusing because we did not have anything carrot based. But when we started Southern Roots, we thought it was going to be more of a overall food business. So that's where the carrot was. But when we just started with donuts, you know, it was very confusing. <laughs> and they had asked us, you know, has anybody that you don't know tried your product? And we had to be honest, you know, no. Everybody that we had, you know, they either went to our church, we knew them socially, or we worked with them. We actually hadn't had any customers that we didn't know. So they that they really pushed us out outside to get some outside feedback. So we looked into farmers markets and thankfully there was one by our house. Shout out to the Bandera Farmers Market. They were the OGs and helping us because we signed up, we went there, and honestly I'm so thankful for them that they were our first market because I've never seen a community like that at any other market. They were, everybody was so helpful because um, we didn't know like how to set up our tents, um, how to display our products and stuff. So like if we hadn't been at that market and met them that first time, I don't know that we would have continued with the market. Like if we were just kind of struggling to figure it out, but they were so helpful. Shout out to Michael and Linda if you're listening. We never forget you guys and thank you for everything that you've done for us in those beginning days. Um, so we started at that market. We had some feedback. We did samples. And I remember one customer was like, oh, my God, these are so good. You won't believe they're vegan. And that really, like, stuck with us and has been our motto, like, till this day because... I say farmers markets are like focus groups because we did not go to any vegan farmers markets. We didn't even know about them or if there was any in our area. We literally just looked up farmers markets and the Bandera one was really close to our house. Truth be told. But it was a really great experience kind of getting that customer base and getting that feedback. And we knew we really had a great product when none of our customers really were vegan. They were just people, you know, shopping in the in the farmer's market looking to support local businesses. And then we would have regulars. I'll never forget, like, one, one Saturday, this car just drove up, got out. The whole family got out of their car. They came straight to my table, bought a bunch of stuff, said thank you, got back in their car, and drove off. And the other vendors, like, we were all like, whoa, what just happened? And they're like, you guys are growing a following, like, enjoy it. This is going to be, you know, the beginning of your ride and like your ride to success. And I, you know, I, I was in disbelief, but it didn't really hit me. And then I started getting regular customers and we were seeing the same faces every week. And it was super exciting. Another customer, uh, her name was Bailey. She was one of my favorite regulars. She used to come every weekend because she loved the red velvet donut. She even bought like my first sign um, out there because also about me, super introverted, like I said earlier. And so being outside with people like you didn't know, and it was super hot because it was Texas. So it was like 100 degrees and I was dying. So like seeing those regular people love our product and coming out there specifically for us just meant so much and it kept me it kept me going because we really would 
divide and conquer. I have a now 16-year-old stepson, so sometimes, like, he had football games and stuff, so Marcus would, you know, kind of help me set up and leave and come back. So those regular customers meant so much to me in the early days. Once we started being pretty successful at our farmer's markets locally, um, some of our regular customers, were they would let us know about different events and different vegan events. So one customer emailed us and told us about a uh, veggie fest that was in Killeen, Texas, which is a couple hours from San Antonio. And they were saying, you know, they think we should really do this. And um, they were saying Tabitha Brown's going to be there. And I wasn't too familiar with Tabitha Brown at that time. I had seen her videos, but I wasn't an avid watcher because like I wasn't really on Facebook at that time and definitely wasn't like watching any like lives and stuff like that so I just kind of knew of her and then ironically um the pastor at our church he was telling us like literally the three days later he was saying that he would it would be so awesome if we ever could meet Tabitha Brown because he was saying he loved her videos she was so funny and she loves vegan food and loves supporting other vegan businesses and I was like you won't believe this we just got an email like to do an event that she's going to be at. And he's like, you have to do it. He prayed for us. We signed up for that event. Um, then I got an email saying, you know, everybody that was going to be vendors at that event, you got to meet her. So we were super stoked. And I made like a goodie bag for her, like just of our like top pot products. But just our luck, she was on a juice fast that weekend, so she couldn't try them. But um, her daughter, Choice, was there, so shout out to Choice. Choice was super sweet. And when we um, we got to take a picture with her and she was telling us that she wanted to showcase our products for her birthday week on her on our social media platforms, that she wants to highlight all, like, dessert companies. So she was like, here's my email, you know, email me and I'll send you my address, and I, I would love to um, promote you guys. Just You can send me some of the stuff. So I emailed her to ask her for the address. She wrote me back super fast. And she was saying that Choice couldn't stop talking about the red velvet donuts and how much she loved them. And she was so mad that she was on a juice cleanse and couldn't jar them and gave us her address. So we sent her a box of all of our top products. And we were like, cool, I, I really hope she posts this. But, we you know, you never know. Like, you meet someone and they tell you, to, you know, to do something and they want to. But you never, you never know if they are or not because... It wasn't a marketing campaign. It wasn't, you know, paid promotion. Like I said, we didn't we didn't follow her at the time, so I didn't know of the different segments she did on her show. So one Monday, Marcus and I are watching TV. Oh, at this point, too, like, we had already started shipping online. So, but we were getting orders, like, here and there. It wasn't anything really steady. And then my phone, like, it just kept going off and off. And, like, people were ordering from our site. People were signing up for our newsletter. We were kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> and then everybody was um, writing, like, on our pages and stuff about how they saw us on top of the brown. And so that's how we found out about Very Good Mondays. So word to anybody that's doing a business when they follow someone, definitely look to see, like, what how they post so you kind of are aware because... We weren't really prepared for that at that moment. Like We would have had like something put together and stuff. Um, but it was so exciting. And that kind of set us on the trajectory. Like That was our first experience of going viral. And overnight, we had hundreds of orders. And we are just so thankful for Tabitha and everything she does for small businesses. Because that's something that she doesn't have to do. And she genuinely does that out of the kindness of her heart. 
in who she is on those videos that was exactly who she was in person and she made sure you know everybody at that event that wanted to meet her got to meet her take a picture and she really made you feel really special in your time with her so we always are thankful for Tabitha and she deserves everything that's happening to her we're so happy for her um so from there our company you know we went viral we got picked up in a couple articles um we went viral again in the wake of 2020 um, with the Buy Black movement where people were intentionally supporting Black-owned businesses, which was super cool, but it was bittersweet the way, you know, our businesses got picked up. But we were so thankful for the businesses that we got to meet. We got to make really great lifelong friends out of that out of that time because uh, we were all, like, we were featured in this article about Black-owned vegan businesses that ship nationwide, and that changed our life completely. Like, overnight, we had thousands of orders. Um, and if you're one of those businesses that was in that article, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was so overwhelming, exciting, and what a time. <laughs> but it's it's just been such an awesome journey. Um, but through our business, you know, we've been able to help so many people learn about veganism, switch up, you know, the way they were eating. Uh, we always say Southern Roots is like the gateway to veganism. It's like your entry. So if you're, you know, you're wanting to dip your toe into the vegan waters, but you're not wanting to give up your sweets and stuff, uh, we always say like, you can't go wrong with anything you pick because you'll realize like you don't have to sacrifice anything to still enjoy the things that you love. So with this podcast, my hope is that I can help you stay encouraged on this journey, show you tips and tricks, um, you know, that I've learned. Brands that I really love, um, snack brands, makeup brands, beauty brands. I just want to share it all with you guys so that you can have a successful journey. So this first episode, I wanted you to get to know me a little bit better. Um, and with that, I have to tell you, you know, about our business because that's, that's a huge part of our story. And I just can't wait to get to know you guys more. So I really appreciate you guys um, hanging with me, listening to this episode and getting to know me. I can't wait to get to know all of you. And I hope you enjoyed our first episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of I Can't Believe I'm Vegan. If you did, remember to hit subscribe and follow our podcast. To stay even more up to date, head over to ICan'tBelieveI'mVegan.com and join our community. We'd love to have you. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Kara. See y'all next time.